Hello, Kryptonauts. We are back again with Jake on this podcast. Um, I let him open up the podcast episode. It's pretty cool. It's first time someone else opened for the podcast. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So uh, we did our best on this podcast to uh, talk about the different things in crypto when it comes to being responsible and uh, investing, educating, and uh, the different types of methods on which you can receive crypto, whether that be through buying directly or through mining. And uh, basically our experiences and our pros are the, the, the good times and the bad times that we went through and hopefully we get to share our experiences with you and that helps you move along and, and and make the better choices than what we did when we first started so with that said enjoy this podcast with jake job make sure you check him out um, if you do like this podcast episode make sure you give a thumbs up a like a favorite a subscribe or you can reach out over to the Discord channel and give me a holler. So with that said, enjoy the podcast, and I'll catch you all on the next one. Five, yep. four, three. Hello, Knots, and welcome to the latest episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Today's episode... What are altcoins? What are they involved in? What do they do? We're going to talk about that. And today's guest is me, Jake Jabarelli, <laughs> hosting the intro for Blockchain John. Hey, John, how's it going? Awesome. Awesome, Jake. Thank you. That was perfect. Loved it, man. It took a while, but we got it. We got it. No worries. The cryptonauts don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So with that said, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about blockchain and the different altcoins out there, right? Yes. So that's what we were talking about in the last episode. That's kind of what why why I called you back again because you kind of piqued my interest on that, talking about uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't really know about the white papers and about what actually altcoins do. So I think we should take some time on this podcast to talk about it a little bit. So I'll throw, I'll throw the, ball, the hot potato back to you and take it over. Well, uh as I said in the last uh, podcast, as a reference, if anyone hasn't wa- hasn't listened to that already, um, I am doing a series on the top 1,000. I know that sounds like a lot, but the top 100 probably most people know about to some degree. They may know the names of them, but there are so many. And I mean, if you even listen to, if you're listening to this podcast now, you probably heard uh, Blockchain John talk about uh, the top 10 either um, increases in coins that have gone up in value in the last day or just the top 10, you know, what's doing the best right now. Uh, and the the thing that's interesting about that is that sometimes you hear about coins that are way off in the boonies. They're way out there. Like it increased a thousand percent, but who made that coin? What's it for? What's it about? Why would you even consider investing it? And why did it go up a thousand percent? Right? So most people hear about right. that, but then they don't really know much more <laughs> about it. You just talk about saying what it is, but you don't say, you know, what does it do? And for that matter, I guess the biggest question I always had, and this is the reason I'm making this series, is who cares? You know, it's so there's a coin out there. There's what, I think 6,700 6, coins that exist right now. But so many of those beyond the top 1,000 are almost meaningless. Like, what do they do? Should, mm-hmm. I mean, they might have had a purpose before, but are they doing anything <laughs> now? And maybe they went up 300% or 1,000% or something. But what does that mean to me? Can I even trade it? You know, somebody made it like I referenced Swamp Coin, which is way down in the, in the ironically, the swamp, the boonies of or the backwater of uh, of the top, you know, not top, but uh, additional 6000 coins that are out there or, uh, you know, 5700 coins. Um, but it only went up because somebody bought like 100 bucks worth of it. And if you bought 100 bucks worth of Swamp Coin, you probably got a million of these coins because they have so little value. Um, but that's not a market. And that's kind of what I want to talk to talk about today is what makes the market is the coins that are out there even, even tradable. Uh, well, let's and, do this. Let's do this, Jake. Let's go to, let's go to coin. Let's go to coin gecko. Yep. Are you on yeah, coin gecko right now? That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> go to coin gecko, go to markets and go to large movers. And let's talk about large movers because you're, Come on, the first thing that's on there is Backpacker Coin. What the heck is that? It's up nearly – it's up 1,464%. What the heck is it? Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and click on that. I don't know if you want to follow I'll, along. I'll click follow on that, along. and let's, yep. go to, let's go to the website, or do you want to go to the Medium? Medium works too. 
at least that's more of a description. The website can kind of talk about it. Okay. But so Medium is so a, a good, this good is, place to, to kind of give you a background. Yeah. So this is what we'll do. We'll peel. We'll peel the the, the onion layers back and kind of go into this coin. I've never heard of this. Have you oh, heard of this coin? Heard of it myself. Backpacker coin. Yep. Okay. So we'll start with this one, which went up one thousand four hundred percent in less than twenty four hours. Let's try to find out what it is. So backpacker coin earns staking up to four percent per month. Staking rewards by investing in backpacker coin project. Well, what is it? World's first true $1 stablecoin project, the Backpacker Coin, BPC, has announced the completion of a shift to proof-of-stake mining approach from the existing proof-of-work approach. As part of the new upgrade, investors can now stake their coins and earn valuable rewards in the form of POS mining exploits. Up to 4% staking rewards can be earned through the system, and considering BPC is a USD stablecoin, it means that one can make more than what some banks are offering at interest rates on a yearly basis on saving accounts. Yeah, well, that's, you that's pretty paragraph? easy to do. I'm going to say that if we're going to just talk about <laughs> backpacker coin itself, you know, it, first of all, it's a stable coin, which means it's going to stay at $1 all the time. But second of all, they're talking about moving to proof of stake instead of proof of work. Well, I, we have talked about what the difference is between POW and POS in the past. Proof of work, meaning mm -hmm. you have to actually mine the hardware, mine, mine something using physical hardware in order to make the coin. Whereas proof of stake is like what ETH, ETH 2.0 is moving to, uh, or what ETH 2.0 is, and that is you staked a bunch of a bunch of this coin, and then because you have a stake in the coin, you're allowed to produce more coin because you've proven that you have a stake in it, per the per the name. Um, and so it's a stable coin that's stake based. You know, unlike Ether, Ethereum, which you know values goes up and down all the time, it's like it's it's like a USD Tether or um, uh, was it uh, Gemini coin or Coinbase's coin? It's a flat. It will always stay at one, whether it's one dollar or not. It's still at one point zero zero zero, or or Dai multi multi Dai. That's all just a stable coin. It's just supposed to stay at that level at all times. And I get how a lot more people are making these kinds of coins because, well, the store of value, ironically, in USD Tether is, on at least on a regular basis. The trading between USD Tether and Bitcoin or USD Tether and Ethereum is more than the trading of those two coins by themselves. So USD Tether is worth way more, even though it's, its actual value in coin like, like you know, Bitcoin's value is like close to a trillion or well, I guess it's a trillion now. Um, whereas USD Tether is more than that, even though the coin is only worth one dollar or one whatever. Um, so that cracker coin, I'm just inferring on what they've said in this. Um, as they make a point, up to 4% staking rewards. If I'm going to compare that to fiat currency, um, one of the things I joined, and I think I mentioned it to you, but I don't think we've mentioned it on the show, was um, joining um, prize-linked savings account uh, programs. No. One of which no. was called uh, Prize Pool, and then one was called Yada. The whole idea there was recognizing that savings accounts mm -hmm. in fiat currency only make you like 0.1% or 0.01% annually, which is practically nothing. It's almost pointless to do that. You may as well put your money in crypto. Even on the fees, you're still going to make more money. And um, what they're basically saying here is you can make up to 4% in staking rewards. That's not terrible. There's definitely but like Zilla QA. You can make more money there. Um, uh, i trying to think of the other ones I have staked right now. Uh, Binance coin, you can make more there. Uh, uh, Atomic wallet coin, you can make more. These are all stable coins. And you can still make more money there than... Backpack, backpacker coin apparently, but they're saying, oh, 4% staking rewards. That's not really that great compared to other coins I've seen, but um, it is a stable coin. And like I think with DAI, with uh, Celsius, you can do, currently do 10.5%. So why would you go to backpack, backpacker coin? I think the reason that backpacker coin is making a lot of uh, this 1400% increase is because it's new. Everyone's like, oh, new coin. And it's a stable coin. Oh, and there's a just percentage for staking. So people are moving to it from other places because it's new. Now, that's obviously speculation on my part, but that's just from this short article here on uh, medium.com. But it could also be the, the fact that the volume, is, the volume is so low as well. So anything, any kind of dollar amount that you inject into a backpack of coin is just going to pump mm -hmm. it up. So as of right now, the volume in the past 24 hours is $62,990. That's not really that no. much in the sense of it being pumped at 1,400%. Obviously, somebody dumped money into there. Yes. It might have it been yes. the creators. 
might have been just a group yep. of people. And there, there are actually there are groups out there that will intentionally there's yep. there's pump groups that come together that are on uh, that are, yeah pump and dump pump and dump mm-hmm. uh, groups that will intentionally go around and look for these low volume coins, pump it up, and then other people that are in FOMO mode they'll come on in and they'll try to buy it at yep. the top, always. and then these 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 pumper coins will always dump it, man. Yep. They'll always dump it on you. So be careful with what you're getting yeah. into. What the point I want to make after that is. The problem, the thing that's actually the first thing I typically look at when I look at CoinGeckos, I don't look at the website. Now, if I don't know what the coin is about, sure, I'll look into it. But the first thing I want to know before I want to know anything else is where can I buy this? And so I went and looked at the market listing when I went to CoinGecko and I went to Backpacker Coin. And then instead of going to their website information, I went down a little bit on the page and went to from overview to markets. What market is, is Backpacker Coin available on? Uh, it's on Vindex. Great. What's Vindex? I have literally never heard of Vindex until today. Um, Vindex currently has a $165 million 24-hour trading volume. That's pretty significant. Then you also look out, if you look, did you, look, did you go to it yourself here, Don? Okay, I'm so at Vindex, yeah. Vindex has Ethereum, XRP, Litecoin, Chaincoin, or Chainlink. It has quite a few of the common coins, the more common coins that people are used, used to trading. And then you look way out on the right-hand side, this thing called a trust score. And the trust score doesn't, it's not just a thing that, I mean, just based on the color schema, you can get a feel for, is yes, this it's color, good? It's color yes. for, is for this not, trustworthy? It's is this a trustworthy site? Yes, there's a lot of green, some yellows, but mostly green. That means Vindex is probably a an exchange that you can trust based purely on that. I mean, the information that CoinGecko is giving you is not trying to deceive you, although it is entirely possible that Vindex could be lying about their information. You could still trace those coins to see if that uh, those actual transactions are happening to find out if it's true. But this is the simple way of finding out if it's true. CoinGecko will not be putting this up, information up here if it wasn't somewhat accurate. So it is good to at least look at this yeah. and say, oh, there's a lot of green on there. Maybe Vindex is a good place to exchange coins. And maybe you know, you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting is that if you go down to number 54, I want you to scroll I'm down to number down. 54. 54 says Vindex Check coin. That out. Look, look at the trust yeah, score on not, that. Not, not good at all. <laughs> it, Red. It's red. It's red. So their own coin, Vindex's own coin is in the red. So the trust score means that it's not really trustworthy. Their own coin is not trustworthy. So and yeah, think so about that for the cryptonauts out there. So the trust coin is color coded, color, color coded for the cryptonauts out there that obviously can't see that. You can go to uh, Vindex. It's V-I-N-D-A-X. Uh, it's color coded. You got green, yellow, and red. Just yes. like... Just like the uh, traffic signal right. lights, huh? All right, let's go to the let's go to the next okay. one. Let's see. Uh, let's go back. Let's see. We block. We block. It yeah. doesn't even have so, any volume. There is no percentage going up. So let's go to the next one. Noah's Ark up three hundred and forty-seven percent. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Never markets first because, like I said before, I'm gonna see where it is. It's on BTC next. <clears throat> BTC Next has no okay. trust score for anything. Even though they say their trading volume is 117 million, which is actually almost twice what Vindex's was. Where's the trust score? Why can't we see what they're doing? Now, I guess you could visit v- BTC Next and find out what's going on there at their own website. But the fact that CoinDecco has no insight tells me this is not something I would want to look to know. If you're curious, fine. Go right ahead and go look for it yourself. But I would I would pass on Noah's Ark. Yeah, it doesn't look like I mean there is a website for it. You can go to noahcity.org and see what noahcity.org says. Let's I want to see that Noahcity.org. Welcome to Noah City 2.0. Number of Noah citizens 3075. Let's see. It's on BTC Next, Uniswap, Coin Tiger, Coins Bit. Uh, what is that? Dig, 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 yep. Digifinex, a one end, Sushi Swap, Mooney Swap, and Coin Gecko. Current problem? Question mark. What the heck does that mean? Current problems? I think they, they list them down below. Oh, inflation rates are excessive. The majority of people have. Okay, so what are they doing? Let's see. Do they have. Uh, the solution, Noah City offers everyone the chance to become a citizen of the future, where your voice will always be heard 
where financial freedom takes its proper place. You can simply go bankless with no need to be afraid of inflation and where transparency takes center stage. Become a citizen of NOAA City. Feel the freedom yourself. Our mission, our mission is to create a truly decentralized state where every citizen enjoys a pure democracy with a full transparent voting system, redistributed wealth and fair laws. Prosperity and fairness are the key principles. Yeah, I'm still interested. <laughs> Just based on the fact I can't see into it. Um, if I'm really yeah. interested in a coin that sounds interesting, I mean, Noah's Ark value is at 31.95. That's not terrible. Um, but their, tra- their 24-hour trading volume, which is $1.5 million, that's also not terrible. But it, I can't see that's what it's doing, point. so I can't even trust that I can trade it. I mean, it is based on Ether, but... Well, I wanted to, I wanted... Yeah, I'm going to check the Ether scan and see how their blockchain is doing. Let's see. 11 days... Wow, look at that. Their last transaction on the blockchain was 11 days ago. It was a quantity. And that was that three units. 4,179. Um so there have been some transactions. In fact, there's multiple pages worth of transactions, are there? Nope, wait, there aren't. There's only one page. Only one page <clears throat> of transactions. Okay. And that, so that's, an, that's, an, that's another thing I want to bring up. Okay, so there might be some very good products out there that are very good and very um, into the future. But the issue that can occur with these, with these very good platforms is that they don't have enough volume. So if you buy into it, no one is going to buy it off of you when it spikes up. And that's going to yeah. be a big major issue yeah. when you want to sell. So you're just kind of stuck with these coins. And, and trust me, I've, I've had here. that happen to Same me here. several times. Without research. That's what, what this project is somewhat dedicated to. It's telling our listeners that there are ways to do research on the new coins. I mean, yes, there might be this huge percentage going up. Like I said, Backpacker Home was almost 1,500%. Noah's Ark is 350%. But that's is that a one-day average? Is it a seven-day average? Is it a 30-day average? It looks like Noah's Ark has only been around for a very short period of time. So I wouldn't even trust it. Um, and then there's yeah. <laughs> the fifth one down <laughs> in the, in the uh, largest gainers list. There's Backpacker, WeBlock, Noah's Ark, Poker Bridge, then Shitcoin Token. Uh, <laughs> that's a great name um armor what? proof of liquidity unit layer dextff or dextf bird dot money etc etc there's tons of these changes but just because it's this huge rise mostly has to do with the fact that one a company might want to be getting its coin out there there's so many coins it's just so many coins in the market and it's also due to the fact that Bitcoin and Ethereum are going up. Now, they've somewhat stabilized as of late, um, but they're still rising. And the thing, the concern I have is when you see these huge percentages, it's just a big number. It's just a fancy number. It's, it's kind of FOMOing you from the fact that the number is high. That doesn't mean it's good. And I hate to say that because I feel like I'm talking like a, a fiat currency trader, like a you know day trader guy, where they're like, just because you see big numbers doesn't mean do really the best way to make money is just slow gains over time, which is almost always true. And if you look at the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, it's pretty much obvious. You know, it took that man 50 plus years to really make the billions that he has, and he did it slow and steady. Mm. And is that the best way? Yeah, it is. Can you get lucky? Yeah, but I mean, it's the, getting lucky is 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 you probably get slightly more lucky playing the cryptocurrency market than you would be playing the lottery actually quite a bit more lucky but uh, right i want to check out i want to check out polka bridge the reason i want to check that out because it's kind of unusual to see a new coin receive 10 million dollars it's on you as well so that's let's check out yep. polka bridge here pbr uh let's go to the medium medium.com polka bridge part one introduction of polka bridge product and community questions hello satoshi clubbers and guests of this site most of you have already heard about polka dot today we have a product that provides the first decentralized bridge between the polka dot platform and other blockchains with polka bridge you can swap tokens on the dot platform to the to the tokens on other chains and vice versa users will be able to earn by adding liquidity lending and more other ways simply plan of ama sessions part one introduction and okay da, 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 da. ideo guide ideo what is ideo i don't know what ideo is IDEO, the first decentralized bridge between Polkadot platform and other blockchains. Okay, so when does it start? 2 p.m. on January 22nd. That was yesterday. 
ends January 29th. So I guess they're still open. IDO is that like kind of like oh, an right. IPO? IDO. In, uh, okay. Okay. So it looks like they are selling for one ETH. You can you can get 100,000 PBR. All right. What is Poker Bridge? Well, we already talked about that. All right. Um, is it something? It, it, it's a tool. I, I would consider it a tool. What do they consider? Let's see. What do they what do they consider it is? It is a doesn't really say anything. Yeah. No. That but, uh, it's. it's... It it, rather than going into the details of what Poker Bridge is, and we're not really exploring the details of every single coin, uh, the kind of the gist of it is we need to do more research in order to understand this and present it in the podcast format. Um, I'm not saying it's not interesting. Polkadot itself is one of the top coins in the market right now. It's, if we go back to the to main, CoinGecko's <clears throat> main page, it's number four, right? Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, mm -hmm. and then Polkadot. You know, it's... it's uh, its market cap is 17 billion, well, slightly over 17 billion, but it's it's one of the largest coins out so, there next to the two biggest ones. So I can see how this how this uh, Polka Bridge is going to be beneficial because right now, uh, Polka Dot is pretty much its own blockchain, and unless you're just buying it directly from uh, Ether Ether to uh, to Polka Dot, that's all you're going to get. But it, say for example, you have what is it, uh, Bitcoin? You have uh, stable coins. And you want to buy some? It sounds like if you want to buy Polka Dot, you can use Polka Bridge and uh, do yeah, a swap. It's another liquidity uh, tool, kind of like uh, Uniswap. So the in, the end game is mm -hmm. uh, liquidity was the key to Uniswap, uh, generating liquidity, making liquid, making coins that weren't otherwise of interest more liquid, so more people can buy them. And that's the reason those those effectively coins, which are like stocks to the concept of liquidity is so important. I don't, we've talked about this to some degree before. It would be, in my opinion, to do another episode or even a whole other series on the idea of liquidity and how it works would be of benefit to people who don't currently understand it, why it's necessary. Because liquidity in itself is a credible tool in general across all markets, regardless of it being you know, the coin market or fiat current market or even just product markets. Uh, you want to be able to generate uh, importance and generate interest, not like interest in payment interest, but as interest in people being interested in something um, so that some people can trade easily. So you don't want to just put that like, all right, I got this thing to sell and nobody wants it because there's no market. Well, if you have liquidity in your market, it means people are going to be easy. It'll be easy for people to trade the thing that you have because there's tons of liquidity. Mm -hmm. It's easy to move. That making making a coin or making anything liquid means it's easy to move back and forth. That's, you know, it's not just making it liquid, making it into a physical liquid, but making it appear like a liquid thing. Like how easy is it to move water from one place to another? Very easy, unless it's frozen, in which case it's not liquidous. So, um, so once again, for the cryptonauts out there, what we're trying to do on this on this episode is just try to, educate you to educate yourself before getting into coins yes. don't be a fomo not be a kryptonaut be well educated do your research because the last thing the last thing you want is for you to have a sour taste after you buy especially if you're new into into this the cryptosphere you know is buying new co coins thinking that you're going to earn that thousand percent don't fall for it all right stick uh, what i do is i stick with the top uh, i would say top 20 ish if that it, and it, it it depends like right now everything's kind of high and and I'm, I'm a buyer i buy coins you mine them um and i don't know you want to kind of yeah, talk about the differences but, on but that I another point about buying? the uh, distinction in the market uh like you just made a point about like a lot of people when they get in somewhere into coins and have maybe they have a little bit of ETH and a little bit of uh bitcoin maybe not a little bit because Bitcoin's so expensive to get, but um, let's say you got into Cardano and Litecoin and maybe Chainlink and you bought in those coins, you bought yourself you know, a few or a, or a small amount, let's say $100 of each. And you're like, okay, now I've got coin. Now what do I do? I want, I want to grow my investment, but I don't want to necessarily lose any money. 
And that's hard to do unless you're investing in a stable coin. So what I have done personally was looked into coins way down the market. It's like, well, what's gonna, what's the up and coming coin? And of course, when John's saying, look at the markets and the high movers, well, we just looked at the top five high movers and we we're always saying, none of these are really practical. You know, they look good because their, their rates went up a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean they actually are good. And that's what the research will help you do. But the point I'm trying to make is some people are still looking for that up and coming coin that they can make a lot of money on. Now, I had good information from someone who'd done a lot of research using CoinGecko back in June of 2020. And he said Chainlink was going to blow up. He was right. It did blow up and I didn't buy in. He did buy in and he made a lot of money off of it. Um, but let me just let me just poke out on now on, number on, seven. Uh, looking at the market here, and let's go back uh, one year, 180 days, 180 days on Chainlink. So where was Chainlink in? Actually, is it going to show me in June? This is only 180. It's one look at the year mark. Okay, so in June, June 1st of 2020, Chainlink was four dollars and 39 cents. What's its current price? Twenty-four dollars, roughly. Twenty-four sixty. So it's gone up a factor of six. Yeah. It's gone up six X since June. Now, if I heeded his commentary and said, okay, fine, I'll buy a hundred dollars of chain link right now at $4 and, you know, change, or let's say just a little bit back before in, in, in late May, it was at even in even $4, hundred dollars, that would be 25 coins worth. How much would that be worth now? Well, it'd be worth $600 roughly. Right now, where did he get his information? Mm -hmm. Well, he was watching the market. He was watching, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, market analysis and, and watching the, the performance. Did he know 100% was going to go up 600%? No, I don't think he knew. I think he knew it was going to go up maybe 250%. And that still would have been enough to make money, right? But how do you do that for another coin? Let, let's say not Chainlink. Let's just say any other coin, you know, something else out there that's not necessarily a coin or a token. How do you analyze the market? And I'm not saying I can give anybody 100% accuracy on this. I can definitely not do that. No one can. And if someone out there is telling you they can, they're wrong. But can they predict? Yes. And definitely don't. Oh, yeah. Please definitely don't. don't please pay don't somebody pay someone for, for their, their knowledge. knowledge. Glean what you can off the internet for free. Don't pay them. If you appreciate what we're doing, sign up for our links, and then we both get paid. But don't pay some some guru, you know, $25,000. <laughs> they're not going to give you your money back, or at least the well, likelihood is they're not. They're probably just scamming you. So what I'm saying is we're trying to give you the free information to let you understand that you can do this yourself confidently. There's going to be wins. There's going to be losses. But the general move of cryptocurrency, for the most part, especially if you're investing in popular coins, is going to be upward. It may be a while. In fact, we don't even know at this point if, if Bitcoin's going to drop back to low 10,000 again. We don't know. It might, but hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, if it does, it gives you the opportunity to buy Bitcoin really cheaply again. But um, what I'm trying to make a point of with this is it's important to, to do the research, even if it's minimalistic. Um, don't just follow someone else. Yeah, there are smart people out there, and if they win, you win. But if they lose, you may also lose. So it's it's important to at least the, the, the policy I was using for this was please don't sink, sink. And it says this in my videos. Please, 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 please don't sink all your money into these things. Only play with the money you're willing to lose. That's one of my cardinal rules. In my, in my I actually have it in a video. I say please mm -hmm. play with no more than you're willing to lose. Now, if you're willing to lose everything, I I don't. I question your judgment personally. What I play with is 10% of my total value. So let's say I have $5,000 in cash that I owed to no one. I would pay with $500. Now, some of us have more than that invested in this, and that's fine as long as you know it's in a stable coin, in which case you can make a lot of money. Let's say you had $50,000 in USD Tether or in DAI or in um, GUSD, and they're paying you 5%. Well, that's pretty, or 10%. Yeah, let's say 10%. Um, you could be making pretty decent money per week. Um, but that's in a stable coin, which is never going to change price. So you're safe, in which case it's okay to keep that much cash around, even if that's all you have, because it's, it's like the US dollar. And, and I mentioned that before. I mentioned that before to the cryptonauts is that if you're kind of new to this and you're afraid to get into crypto and you're kind of hesitant, I always recommend getting to stable coins first yep. just so you can enjoy the benefits of earning that high interest. Yep. Instead of leaving that money in the savings, take a little bit of out, put it into uh, USDC, 
and leave it on Celsius. You're going to get 10% each and every single week. It's compounded interest each and every single week. So that means you're going to earn crypto on crypto on yeah, so crypto So that's the safe way awesome. of doing this. And if you're going to play with your money in, like I said, one of these off altcoin, you know, off the thousand or even off the hundred uh, top coins list, and you're hoping to win big by putting, let's say, 100, you know, 100 to $500 down into a weird coin, do your market research. And that's what my videos will be co coming up in, in the future days on my channel is I'm going to start doing research to understand these coins and where I think they're going to go. So do, how many coins do I currently have? I think I reported this once. I think I have 45 coins I have invested in. Um, not a whole lot in each. Um, nice, nice. I keep some of my coins in a, in a company called Bittrex. Bittrex has been around for almost as long as Bitcoin has. And uh, they're not mm -hmm. cheap to get into. They don't let you trade more than $30 per coin. So if you're not willing to put $30 down on a coin, you're not going to be able to buy anything from them. But um, they're a very, very, very secure company that has literally never been hacked. And so for me, it is a reason. Yeah. And for a while, actually, in, in the early days of 2017, 2016, they weren't even letting anybody join at all. The reason I was in was because I got in at the very beginning. And in that time, they're only letting whales in. Only people with jobs of money were allowed to go in. Um, and it's yeah. mainly because they just didn't want people trading there. They weren't dead serious about it. So um, what I'm basically trying to get at is uh, I want to kind of give more history and more background so people have a better idea what these things are. Because to me, I'm looking for the answers. Like you can go to medium.com or you can go to the website of that coin or that token and read what they have to say. But you need a practical example. You need to know why this works, what it was working for, what it compares to. Like how does it, does it compare to Ether? Does it compare to Tether? Yeah. Does it compare to Chainlink? What does it compare to? What is it comparable to? And what will it likely act like? Or what problem does it solve? I mean, a lot of these coins are just out there for the fun. Exactly. You know, Dogecoin yeah, is out there for exactly. fun. Reddit coin is out there yeah. sort of for fun because it's also a coin for Reddit. But um, it, it, if a coin mm. exists but doesn't have a purpose, like Swamp Coin, which I invested in, I've mentioned before in the show, um, is it's just a joke. It's like a it, it was about draining the swamp, but that didn't happen. And you know, is it supporting actual swamp life? No, it isn't. It says it is, but it's not. So it's more of a joke coin than a practical coin, and it's not worth anything. And so I, I invested money into it, and I lost it. So be it. I learned my lesson, and that's why it's important. Another thing I want to bring up, another thing I want to bring up for the new cryptonauts out there that don't really understand how the the crypto market works, do not, do not get into margin trading. Absolutely not. Stay away from that, especially if you're a new trader. You first have to understand the ebbs and flows of the market because it, it goes up and it goes down. You got to understand how how the crypto market breathes. The, it, every time it goes up, it's going to come back down. How much is going to come back down? We don't know, but be, but you got to understand the market, how it goes up. After past 30,000, I said, okay, I'm done buying it because this is already reaching the top. 41, what is 40, it? Almost like 40 42, grand, right? Past 40 grand. 40, yeah, 40, 41. So right around 30 grand, that's when I said, okay, I'm done. That's it. Um, which, um, yeah, I guess I could have bought, but I wasn't, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a hodler. I, I buy at the bottom. Now, is it ever going to go yeah. back down to 10 grand? Who knows? Who knows? No one knows. But if it does, yeah. I can yeah, promise you. If it goes you, back down, buying. it's just like the, the Coin Bros song, uh, buy, buy TF dip. <laughs> buy the freaking dip. Buy the, buy the freaking dip. Yeah. Buy the dip, um, yeah. By as far as it dips by the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about to, for the new cryptonauts the differences between buying from yep. the market and actually mining the coin. How much? For me, I'll, I'll speak on my end. I've done mining and I've done buying, and I pretty much bought from every single exchange. I I'm that kind of guy that I like to try everything to know what the pros and cons are off of every single platform. So I've tried pretty much all of them, um, and I bought a bunch of coins off of them. And what I can say safely is that when it comes to mining, it's your own hardware. It's what you're earning is what you're going to keep. It's in your wallet. So that's a safe bet. What sucks is that if things break down, that's an investment. You got to buy some more stuff into that, right? And on top of that, there's a, there is time invested, right? So you got those, uh, say, for example, if you want to earn $100 in crypto, well, it's going to take you a week or so. Say, for example, it takes a week to 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 mine hundred dollars of whatever coin. Well, I can go straight to the market yep. instantly, buy a hundred dollars worth of coin, 
And the idea is hopefully within that week, it goes up in value. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's that what sucks. I'm betting on. But then again, I don't sell. I'm not a seller. I don't plan on selling at least well beyond a decade. So there are advantages, and it definitely is the easier way of getting coin. Now, they, let me see if I can explain my thought on the, the reason I find mining to be of more value to me. Um, as the market climbs or as the market drops, the amount of money you bought or sold at makes a difference. So like if you were a day trader, I'm not, I'm not even suggesting anyone ever do that. I've tried it twice and I failed twice. And the reason I don't do it anymore. I still get that twinge of maybe I want to go back into it, but it's only when the market's going up and I know where it's going. Um, and nobody really knows 100% where it's going. So when you're mining, you it's like someone's giving you a gift. Let's assume, because in my case, I have already paid off my coin or my equipment. Um, if you're now at the point of fin having finished the return on investment, otherwise known as ROI, once you've reached or achieved your ROI, everything after that is pure cream. It's and you're not paying for anything other than maybe the cost of electricity. Um, and if, as long as you're meeting the cost of electricity, then everything after that is, is, is cream. It's yours to take home and keep and do whatever you like with it. So if the market goes up as it has been lately, um, then all the money you make off that is cream. And when the market goes down, you're not as worried about having lost money because any amount of money they, that you that you received at that point, any amount of coins, whatever it's worth in the fiat, fiat market is still cream. So to me, it's, it's a safer way once you've, achieve the level of paying off the coin cost, um, you know, pardon me, the equipment cost, uh, it becomes a safer way. It's like um, the analogy I use for people, if you know anything about solar, is once you've paid off your solar panels, all the, the power you collect after that is free. So to me, once you've, re once you've reached your ROI and paid off your hardware, every coin after that is free, no matter what it's valued at. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You're just giving, someone's giving you coin every single day. Here's more coin. Here's more coin. Didn't cost you a thing. So if it, they give you one Ethereum and that one Ethereum is worth $300, or if they give you one Ethereum and that Ethereum is worth $1,200, either way, it's free money. That's why I look at it that way. I don't worry about the market going up and down when once I've paid off my equipment. So would you recommend Depends ASICs or GPUs? Um, the problem I have with ASICs, and as okay. in general, I actually have the pro same problem with GPUs, is never buy new. As I say with buying a, a car, never buy a new car unless you're worried about it breaking down. In any case, you probably shouldn't be buying it. <laughs> um, uh, never buy a new car. Always buy at least two-year-old or maybe one-year-old used car. So the same thing goes to ASICs and uh, GPUs. Always buy used. And there is a market to point exactly. Nobody really has it set up perfectly. Like there's no one that'll tell you you should definitely buy this card over this card or this ASIC over that ASIC. But um, right now, uh, I've been buying some of the cheapest, most quote-unquote worthless ASICs because I have free power, and that's an advantage that most people don't have. Um, my free power, you know, I'm not paying for the power, so I can buy any ASIC and any ASIC will make me money. You know, the, the charts like uh, Minerstat will show you exactly, in fact, I have the website up right now, minerstat.com slash hardware slash, actually, I think it's just hardware. Let me pull this off. Um, yes, mining hardware. So I can look at any piece of hardware, AMD GPU, NVIDIA GPU, or ASIC machines, and it'll tell me exactly how much money I can make on it and exactly how much it will be be based on how much power costs in wherever the places that I'm at. In the United States in particular, the further north you go, the cheaper the power gets. So if you live in Montana or Idaho or Washington, or even if you live in Canada for that matter, power is ridiculously inexpensive. Um, I think there's a place outside of Walla Walla, Walla Walla, Washington, where the power is just shy of one cent per kilowatt hour, basically 0.9 cents. Uh, uh, point, point oh 0.09. <laughs> it's less than one cent um, per kilowatt hour. And that is compared to where I live right now, which is 12 cents per kilowatt hour. Granted, like I said, I'm not paying for that power. And it's not because I'm stealing it. It's because I literally have a contract set up where I don't have to pay for it. Um, the uh, That's a huge, huge difference in the cost of power. So there are multiple factors when it comes to mining. One, the cost of buying the hardware. Two, the cost of power. Three, how much, as John said, it costs to set you up. How much, how much 
time did you spend setting up this hardware? And then th four, maintaining it. And yeah, I still have to worry about that. In fact, I mentioned yesterday that uh, one of my power supplies died and I have to go buy another one. Do I have the money for it? Yes, I do. Um, is it is it going to come out of my profits? Yes, it is. But that's profit, not revenue. So um, I set this this mining operation up and I'm not trying to just toot my own horn here, but I did set it up in June last year. I mean, I got it running by September. Now that's three months of time I had to spend figuring out how, how to get this done. And then full operation by September 9th. And it's pretty much going nonstop with some hiccups here and there in, the in September. But pretty much, I would say from October to now, I've had no hiccups until yesterday. So I have been mining. Um, I'm not going to say how much I've made because that's one of the things I would say you should always keep close to your chest is don't tell people how much coin you have. <laughs> Never, never tell anyone uh, how much money you have in coin or how much coin you have total because that will make you a target. <laughs> especially, it's exactly, especially online. If, if you're joining a, a social group that's crypto related, you're going to get people asking you, hey, man, what are you investing into? What do you Don't got? tell anyone. What's your wallet? It's not a like? question Don't, you should be answering. Be you should, you should say, I'm doing yeah. fine or I'm doing well enough. I don't even try to indicate how much. Don't say I have more than fifty thousand. Don't say I have more than two hundred fifty thousand. Don't people don't tell people how much money you have. <laughs> tell them what the coins are that you like and the ones you think you're doing well. Don't do it. Do, do not it, say man. how much you have. If if you for the cryptonauts out there, if you heard any of my podcasts, you hear that over and over again, each and every single week, somebody's always getting hacked, yeah. and that's because they keep saying what they got. If you stay low key. Then you're not on those 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 hackers yeah, radar. If you're, just, just if you're a stay public person, stay like John quiet. Do what you got to do. I don't mind admitting, even on John's John's podcast here, that Jake Chevrolet is not my real name. I've said it before. I'm, it's not my real name, and there's a reason for that. I don't want who I really am to be out in the open. Um, it's important to keep your anonymity if you can. If you become a public figure, that's the reason that celebrities have fake names. You know, yes, you can find out what their real name is. Too. There's websites out there that will tell you. But for the most part, the general public is not going to know who they really are or where they live. You know, there's maps of the stars in Hollywood, but not every. <laughs> so 50 Cent. <laughs> yeah. So 50 Cent's Mr. real name 50 is not 50 Cent. Cent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's perfectly fine to have a pseudonym. Um, that's, you know, yeah. fake name. Uh, but it, it also helps to protect your identity. And so you should, should not admit to how much money you have, if you can possibly avoid it. I mean, if you're a public public company, it's fine. But Yeah, I, I guess we can we can talk about that, too. I think that's very smart as well. I, I think if you're trying to get into uh, into crypto, you definitely want to keep safety at the highest level possible. So creating a new email account is, is I, I would highly recommend don't use your personal email account absolutely not especially if you have sensitive information on there okay. uh, yep. use use a different name if you can mm -hmm. you know like I use blockchain John I like that that's that sounds cool I'm more I, I do my best to try to mess with different blockchains yep. that's why I thought hey blockchain John sounds pretty good let's use that um, what else if you're gonna be a public figure obviously don't say anything that is going going to uh, uh, compromise. What, what, you don't want compromise. That's, what's, what's you don't the word? want to compromise um, yourself. You don't want to compromise yeah, your personal uh, security. Uh, There's enough people out there doing um, what's it called? Um, doxing. You don't want to get doxed. Yeah, you don't want to get doxed. <laughs> there you, you can possibly avoid there you go, doxing, yeah. Of course, that also means trying not to be controversial, of course. Um, plenty of people do that. And that's not our intent here. Our intent is to educate people so that everyone can be as, yeah, exactly. Stay humble. I would say stay humble. There's a lot of people out there that think they're smarter than everyone else and know the right answer. Don't do that. There's no need to do that. Stay humble. Educate yourself yep. and then help, uh, help educate others if you can. Because there's going to be millions upon millions and millions and millions of other people that are going to try to join and aren't going to know anything. So if you've got a little bit of knowledge and understanding, you can guide somebody. Definitely help people out get into crypto it's only going to benefit you in the end because it, the more people that get into crypto the yes. more the Live on your merits. go up you know it's going to help practice on up. your merits set your merits up as being the things that people you know appreciate about you the more you help other people the more they're going to help you and if they don't you still you still got the merits that you've done for helping of, of prior people so anyways i'm not trying to get off topic i'm just trying to, trying to kind of lay some some groundwork for the way that i that i treat my um my actions and and when it comes to mining the reason I, I mine is because I find that, as I said before, uh, it helps it helps me get 
um, acquire coin in a different way. I can be putting up money, but to me, the idea of making the money or creating the money or, or producing something is more beneficial to society as well as to myself. Um, I like helping people. I like doing work for people. If, if I, my services can be of help or assistance to someone that I think I'm, I'm doing something for the world. So I'm helping the cryptocurrency uh, community by literally generating the currency itself. Yeah. Here's another thing for the cryptonauts out there. Like I mentioned before, the crypto market breathes just like every other market, just like every other person, the crypto market breathes. It goes up and it goes down. It recently just gone down and everybody in Discord and on Telegram is panicking. Everybody is just devastated. Everybody, oh, I lost my whole entire investment. Don't, don't sell. Don't, exactly. that's the last thing I want to do is sell at the bottom. Don't have a weak yeah, hand. Don't fold. <laughs> have yourself a strong hand. Understand that, exactly. It's, it, it, it's natural that the market goes down. You kind of want it to go down so it can stabilize itself and find its bottom and then let it continue back up. Just stick with it. It will be fine. I've, I've dealt with it for so many years. I've seen it go up. I've seen it go down. I won't ever forget my first year, it going up, it going down. And I'm trying to day trade. Like you said, I was trying to day trade and it's going up, it's going down. I'm, I'm staying up all night, every night, trying to figure out when can I sell, when can I buy, when can I sell, when so can I buy. Uh, I don't I mean, know. Those but, people who advertise that they've made so much money, I'm not saying they haven't. Obviously, <laughs> some people have. But the thing that bothers me so much, and I'm not trying to get off topic here, but the thing that bothers me so much about the internet gurus is they're not making money off of trading. I mean, that's not to say that they're not making some money off of trading. They certainly are. But the the thing that internet gurus sell is how to do the thing. And the, the axiom that I'm, I've lived by for so long is if you're actually doing the thing and making money on it, why would you tell anyone else? You wouldn't. You wouldn't tell anyone else because then you're not going to make as much money. So if a person is selling you on how to sell or how to do something, it's because they're making money off of selling you how to do it, not doing it yourself. And they know full well that if they could do it themselves, they wouldn't have told you how to do it. So when they're selling you that, they're lying. Now, that's not to say that they that you can't do it too, but what they're making their money is on how to do it, and they're selling you that idea. They don't want competition. Nobody wants competition. So. And that's what we mentioned. Yeah. It, we, we mentioned that earlier. Don't pay somebody yes. for that yes. education. You can, you can educate yourself. You can do it yourself. Invest the time. And overall, yep. it's going to be quality time for you overall in the market and how to interact with it. So like I was saying earlier, the, the market did crash about $200 billion and that's where everyone's freaking out. Don't worry about it. It'll come back yeah. up. If you that's bought it at the, the top, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have done that. Um, understand how the, yeah, that's the FOMO. Don't do that. Now, you know, the word acronym FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. Don't do it. Uh, be patient. Understand that the market will come back. If you see it going up yeah. and you're, you're having this itch to buy, don't buy it. Just relax. I would say I would even say just you know what don't even look at the market, turn around, come back the next would, day, I mean, take a quick glance at another, it. Uh, if it goes down, another a couple percent. It's something I have put in my in my videos. I, I wish I could link to you in this podcast the the one video where I have all my axioms. But uh, the other axiom is set a goal for where you're going to sell if you're going to sell. So say um, say the market is at, let me play, let me play with chain link again here. Because you know, I used the example earlier. So let's say Chainlink starts at five bucks. I'm just throwing a number out. You buy in at five bucks, a hundred dollars worth, and your plan is to sell at two hundred percent, so ten dollars. Let's say the market bursts past your ten dollar mark and goes to twenty, which you weren't expecting, but it's a pleasant surprise. Instead of your hundred dollars being worth two hundred dollars, now it's worth four hundred dollars. But you've already met your goal, so. I would, my advice at that point is sell to cover. This is something I learned decades ago when I first got into the market was sell to cover your original investment and let the rest of it ride. Because even if it goes down again, you've already made your money. So the, the rule of this is, and this is what would have been the case if it hadn't gotten to 200 or 400% and only got 200% was if it was going to, you bought it five, you sold it 10. You've now gotten your money back. You let the remaining 50% in there sit. 
The best example of this for me was a literal time I did this. So back in 2016, I think it was 2016. Let me check the prices just to be 100% on this. Um, back in 2016, I bought one Bitcoin. Can you guys guess how much a Bitcoin was? John, tell me how much in 2016 one Bitcoin was. So it was, it was August of 2016. I would have to look no, it up to be honest. But it was April, April of 2016. So in April of 2016, uh, one Bitcoin was worth about $400. One. Yep, roughly. I'm looking at the full chart here. Wow, really? So, yeah. April. So did, did I tell you I found, a, I found a receipt of mine when I bought my uh, – my first Bitcoin from an ATM uh, machine over in San Francisco and the receipt. I still have it. I, I should just snap a picture of it and uh, post on Discord. I don't yeah, know you, if that's a good idea. It was at $250. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. It doesn't show your name. Um, but the, uh, the, I bought it for about basically $400. Yeah. I think I paid $404 for the coin. And I waited until the price hit 800 which was, let's see where that was. Uh, right in, yeah. Yeah, so it was late. November, November, like November, December of 2016. It wasn't very long. It basically took a few months for it to double in value. And I was like, yay, I made twice my I made money. And I implemented my rule. I said, sell the cover, okay? I sold the $400 worth and I kept the <laughs> remaining half. And what did I do with that remaining half Bitcoin? Well, I waited until the end of December 2017 when the price hit 20 grand. And at that point, I gave, traded, the half Bitcoin to a person who was selling ASIC miners and I bought two L3s, which at the time were going for about five grand a piece. So I got two $5,000 ASIC miners for a total of $10,000. It was a cashless transaction. And then put those miners to work and literally made twice that money off of that. But had I even just considered the possibility that let's say the guy who'd been willing to sell them to me for 0.4 instead of 0.5 of Bitcoin, although he wanted 0.5, um, and I tried negotiating. He still, he's like, no, this is how much I'm selling them for. I'm like, fine, fine. I want them. Um, but let's say I bought two Bitcoin, you know, and was able to sell them to him for half a Bitcoin and then kept basically a remaining Bitcoin. How much would that one Bitcoin be worth now? 35,000, 32,000? Yeah, it would have been worth a lot. Um, and obviously. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Was this, was this um, a peer to peer? Was this person to person or still... did you do it over the internet? I, I, I'm just I'm just curious. How did you make that transaction uh, happen? Did you have to his, meet the person, scan the QR code, or text message did you just do it over? I use that address. Okay. Okay. The reason I the reason I asked because 2016. That's I mean it wasn't really much. There's not really much of a market like no. It was 2017. That was available was at that time to do those kind of transactions. December 19th, 2017. Okay. So. Yeah, I made a transaction with him to transfer half a okay. Bitcoin to him, which at the time was literally a, pretty much the peak of Bitcoin. Let's see if we can find the date exactly. Uh, it's not gonna, oh, there we go. It's uh, December. It was actually Monday. It was, no, it was Tuesday. Yeah, so Sunday, December 17th, 2017, the price of Bitcoin was 19188 And so basically, I think it hit 19 thousand seven hundred that day and then of course it almost immediately went down so basically i sold the mm -hmm. peak or i traded at the peak um yeah and he was more than happy we didn't know how long the price was going to stay up nobody did but um i think because i remember him talking about later on social media he was like oh my gosh i just i received half a bitcoin at 20 grand a piece and i was and i told everyone i i, I bought something for ten thousand dollars <laughs> a half a bitcoin when it was 20 grand a piece um it was it was my my little you know 20, 15 minutes of fame quote unquote that nobody else knew about except these two you know he and I but um, the the point I'm trying to make is that I used my policy nice. of buying it, and then selling at double and then keeping the remainder which I mean think about it my costs were already paid off so that twenty that ten thousand dollars was literally free it didn't cost me anything except time and I didn't have to do anything I just had to wait mm -hmm. for the price to go up so the the idea. My policy and it has obviously been exemplified by this example I just gave um, is buy and then if the price goes up, sell to cover, which is a very old concept within uh, you know stock trading and, and market trading in general. And then the rest of it doesn't cost you anything. So 
going back to to educating yourself, that's going to be very important, especially if you're going to be a hodler, because there's a lot of scams out there. The, the, the coin itself can possibly go up, and if it does go up and there's a rug pull on it, you got to know what you're buying into. Don't just buy the coin and not know what's going on behind the scenes. Know who's pulling the strings behind the scenes, because the day that the rug pull happens, you want to be out of that coin as quick as possible. Or if there's a hack within that, that blockchain, get out there, get out as soon as possible. If there is um, a lawsuit, get out of it as soon as possible. Um, and if everything settles settles down and the, the actual company blockchain and uh, developers continue working on the platform and it's going to be successful, then buy back in at, at the bottom. Because, I mean, you're out. <laughs> You've already made your profits. Get out at the top, buy at the bottom. What I'm trying to say is, is I always say strong hand and hodl, right? Stack your stats and hodl. But on top of that, whatever you're hodling, know that you want to keep yourself con- continuously educated in the coin that you're investing yeah. into. Know what's going on with it all the time. Know that, like, for example, this, uh, this, this, this $200 billion that went down, people were talking about a, um, a double spending attack. It's, FOMO, leave it alone. Don't don't pay attention to those people that are talking about it because they want the market to crash to buy at the bottom. They want people to buy at the top, and they want to buy at the bottom. The same com- don't fall time, for it. The comment about, know what's going on in the market. You know, the poor will always be with us. We're always going to have people that are poor in thought that don't really understand. And I hate to say that that's the case, that there's going to be people for all of time uh, who just don't get it and and act foolish with their money. It's always going to be here. And, and the reason I mention this is because you don't have to be one of those people. You can be separate. You can step aside and still do well in the market without having to fall victim to the pre- to the uh, um, the predator called FOMO. Um, so, of course, a person is listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully they've listened to our, our advice and taken it and gone. I don't need to fear that I'm going to lose anything if I follow these general basic rules that keep you safe. Um, like I said, sell the cover if you can. If the, if the value goes up, don't let it ride forever. It's going to go back down. Sell before sell before you lose out that chance. So if it's kind of a low. Yep, yep, yep. See, that's the mistake. I'm going to confess on that mistake. That's the mistake I made because I was hodling so hard. December 2017, it's going to go higher than 19,000. I know it is. Oh, wait, it's going down to 17,000. No, it's going to go back up. It did go back up slightly to 18,000. Then it went back down 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 5 grand. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez. I should have so sold. So, I need to, to yeah. call you out on this, John, but you were greedy about it. Um, and that's the problem <laughs> is people get greedy. They're yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I was, yeah. So much more. Yes, you could. You should sell the cover. Sell enough of the coin to cover your cost and let the rest mm-hmm. ride. Because once it's riding, like it is with my thought on mining, once it's riding, you don't have a cost. And then, then you can feel truly relaxed about it. Because even if it goes down to mm-hmm. $5,000, you're like, hey, that's my 5000 Or let's say you had 10 Bitcoin. That's my 50000 At this point, it would be a lot more than that. But if it did go down, you're like, hey, it's all free money. It didn't cost me anything. Mm-hmm. So right now, back to FOMO, the market's been down for a little over two weeks. It's down 23%. People are still freaking out, talking about it every single day. Hey, they lost a lot of money at the top. I'm sorry. Um, stick with it. Right now, it's going up. and it's, it's, crazy. it's a crazy market. It's gaining $100 billion. It's going down $100 billion. Just yeah. wait until things settle out and then jump into the market if you plan on jumping in. For the time being, I, I would say the safe bet to get into is stable coins. Throw it into the Celsius, uh, into your Celsius uh, portfolio. Leave it there, earn interest for the time being until things settle down. And then, if you want to get into whatever other altcoin, that's when I. Decide. And on top of that, actually, Celsius pretty soon here in the next, I don't know, next month or two, they're gonna they're gonna put out the uh, the, the Celsius swap, which allows you to actually swap within the, yeah, the, the their, their app itself. Yeah, yeah, I can move that's it out, be pretty go cool. back to Coinbase because it doesn't cost anything to transfer. Yeah, but then you're still gonna pay the fee. Uh, from transferring back from Coinbase to um, to Celsius, and then you still got to pay the fee for exchanging. So it's like, eh, 
not particularly yeah. fond of using Coinbase, but Coinbase, I mean, Coinbase or Gemini, mm -hmm. there can there are places yeah. to, to do exchanges. You can you can move it anywhere. I mean, it doesn't have to be those two. Those are just the big U.S. exchanges. Um, I mean, I could move it to Bittrex, but I don't, mm. it, it's it's just convenient to some degree. I'm sure there's going to be a convenience fee charge uh, for Celsius swap to some degree. I'm sure there is. Yeah, there's going to be a small little fee on there. I think what they said that the fee is actually going to be decided upon what the the blockchain uh, fees are. It's not directly off of them. It's directly based off of the blockchain at the time of what. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, if you have any more questions for the Celsius, uh, Celsius for the for the cryptonauts out there, you're more than welcome to reach reach me or Jake. Because you you also have your own Discord as well. Can you plug that in? Well, I'll go ahead and leave it in the description. Also, you can reach me at the cryptocurrency chat uh, Discord, which is going to be my link down below as well. So if you have any more questions or if you want to jump on the podcast, definitely reach out to us. We would like to have you on the podcast and chit chat. As you as you can see, this is a really chill podcast. It's not we're not strict we're just chit-chatting right we're just we're just hanging out having a little nice little talk so with that said cryptonauts you can reach J you can check out jake on uh, youtube slash library I, I, honestly uh, i think i think you prefer library YouTube right library and i haven't been kicked off of youtube yet so you one person i think about actually currently since i saw reached a thousand subs <laughs> uh, although if you want to sub to my channel you're welcome to i'm going to be putting more content up in the, in the near future um, I haven't reached a thousand yet, so there's no ads on either YouTube or library. So either one's safe right now. There you go. All right. So with that said, we are out of here. All right, Jake, thank you for being on the podcast once again. This was actually a nice conversation. I did like this. There's a lot of education we put out there for uh, the cryptonauts out there. All right. So ho John. hopefully you get to come back soon and chit chat some more.